Yeah, it stuck with me because I'm like, hold up, I know how to juggle, and having three balls, like if somebody threw me another one, it just messed me up. And if I could go See, down, the- no, Aleem, that's that's his secret. That's how he that's how he manhandles all this stuff in life. The relationships, the finances. He's got three balls. He's got that extra <laughs> that extra fortitude. You know, he's just. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Although, speaking of unplugging, Terrain, I'm curious how, how you do that, because uh, this is no surprise. It's not my first time saying this. I'm I'm just in awe. I mean, I know that I have times where I have my son to myself as a single dad, and it, it's just on an hour-to-hour basis, it's it's on me. But for you, yes, you're, you're married, but you've got several different professional endeavors you have to keep an eye on you know maybe some things are on the back burner on a given sunday afternoon but they're still on a burner you still have to be aware um and dialed in somewhat you now have three kids i mean like to the extent that we all have to unplug our minds need to our bodies need to how how are you doing it these days Um, so i think up until this last venture and this the last kid um, because they came, uh, they actually came within like nine days of each other. Uh, so I, I had my third child and then, uh, started my, this new business venture, uh, probably like nine or 10 days later, like actually started operating it. It was always there and always doing stuff to get it up and running, but it actually started operating nine days after she was born. Um, and so, um, you know, before that, you know, I could sit down on a Sunday afternoon and watch football and, you know, let, let my mind just relax. I could stay up a little bit later and find that time for myself. Uh, because you know, before I wasn't have to engage with people all day, every day, you know, I do my day job, other businesses were, you know, pretty much taking care of themselves. Um, you know, great relationship with my wife, uh, you know, my, my oldest two kids, you know, they're somewhat sustainable on their own. Like they're not always daddy, daddy, daddy. Um, but, this this last time around, um, I actually saw the sacrifice that I had to make, um, the personal sacrifices, just that impact me. And then also the sacrifices to my family, because they were so used to me being around uh, this and, and especially with a newborn. This one, it, it took me completely off the grid with everyone. Um, I was doing, you know, 16, 18 hour days uh, and then, you know, leaving before everyone woke up, coming back when everybody's asleep. Um, just to get the business started. And so that, you know, that lasted for uh, the first two and a half, three months um, of getting things up and running. And there was no unplugging. Like it, I I got to the point where I, I, I started to realize like, okay, I'm doing myself a disservice now. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm detrimenting my family as well. I got to get things up and running and sustainable to, the, to itself uh, in an autopilot so that I can re-engage with my family. And uh, so now, you know, I'm at that point where I'm able to re-engage. I'm fixing dinners again. You know, I'm able to, to get the girls to the bus stop or take them to daycare. Um, you know, I can change a diaper and, and give a bottle, uh, you know, those types of things. And I, I try to, you know, me unplugging from the the business side and the prof- and my profession, I, I think unplugging from that and, and interacting with my family, that's that's probably more so my energy uh, right now. That's where, you know, I'm starting to find a little bit more happiness and being content and how I'm able to keep going because I see, you know, the work is the work, you know, but now I get to see how 
that work benefits my family, how, you know, they appreciate the opportunities um, to, you know, for my, my six-year-old and my four-year-old to be like, oh, we have this business. Like they are actually excited about the things that are going on. They understand, they know and they understand the things that their, their parents are doing uh, so that we have a better life. So um, yeah, man, I, I, I definitely have to get back to, you know, taking better care of myself. Um, you know, one of my, my biggest things was, you know, before this last four month period going to the gym, you know, that was, that was my decompression. If I didn't make it to the gym, then my day really didn't start right. Um, but you know, I I haven't been able to do that for a little extended period of time, but you know, it's time to get back to that, take care of myself and, and truly, you know, unplug and, and be, um, more engaged with my family versus just doing the business stuff. So I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've just always been amazed because since even before you were married and had kids, you were like one of the hardest working guys I ever knew. Um, but then to see you maintain that, you know, 15 years later and three mm-hmm. kids later and a couple of businesses later, <laughs> like where does that reservoir come from and where, where do you, how do you replenish it? You know, that's, it's, it's, it's a lot that you do. It's sacrifice. I think it starts there. Uh, and I had said this earlier, uh, or used the phrase de- delayed gratification uh, or, or, or instant gratification. So sacrificing instant gratification and actually delaying it um, because, you know, we're all pro- we're adults, we're professionals. We work hard. Uh, we want to play hard as well. Uh, but there's a time and a place for everything. And I feel like, you know, since we've met Christian and even before that, this time of my life was meant toward for building. It was meant for investing. Yeah. It, it was uh, it was meant for planting seeds and not necessarily enjoying every seed that I plant, or right. or every time there's a harvest, not pulling you know every single plant off uh, out out of the ground and leaving nothing there. No, we go and we reinvest those plants. You know, we we find another uh, another field to to put those in so that we can continue to grow and, and have multiple harvests later on. Um, but my my drive has always been. Uh, delaying my gratification, making sure that I sacrifice the immediate things that that I think that I can have. Um, you know, you you get married and you just oh well we're married and and we both have careers. Let's go buy a house. <laughs> okay, but do you need to go buy the biggest house that you can afford, <laughs> or do you just need four or or do you just need four walls and a roof, mm-hmm. um, and some place to feel safe? And and that was something that you know my wife and I, we kind of tussled about it early on, but eventually through conversations, through, uh, you know, like premarital counseling, uh, through financial advising and, and things of that nature, we, we both got into the same mindset about our money and what we can do with it. And that actually, uh, her, you know, coming on board with me helped empower me even more to do the things that, that I've done for our family in terms of investing in businesses, uh, because without sacrificing and not going for that big house immediately, then we would not have had the seed money to do the things that we're doing now. We started off in a one bedroom condo. Yeah, we spent, you know, $350,000 on it. <laughs> uh, that, that, but, well, that's that Northern Virginia, yeah, yeah the Northern Virginia yeah, saturated yeah, market, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, it was a one bedroom condo. Yes, we spent that much money on it, but versus going out and buying a four bedroom house, you know, right. think of that investment, what that mortgage would have been to go out and do that. At that early stage of our relationship, that would have been all we had. Mm. And so from there, our, our strategy was just a stair step you know, to, okay, we're in a one bedroom. All right. Well, we're going to eventually have kids. Okay. Now we went to a two bedroom and then we moved into a townhouse and then, and it's just going to keep on being that pattern. And we're, we're being, we're able to, you know, buy and sell and flip 
the things that we were previously in at, at one point we were trying to rent those things out and we did for a while uh, and was able to get some you know some revenue from those uh, but then the market got crazy mm. and I was like hey I, I got to liquidate these things <laughs> um, because because I, I kind of realized for me uh, unless you're paying cash real estate is slow real estate is a slow investment especially rentals unless you've paid cash for it or you're flipping mm. um, or or multi units those are those are probably the only ways that I would invest in real estate at this point mm. multi unit um, flipping or paying cash. Um, and, and, and that's where I kind of left that. So we got out of real estate altogether and used that money, um, to do other invest- investments to get into brick and mortar things to buy, you know, turnkey companies. And, uh, it, it's, it's been really sweet, but get back to your point. Um, when those, when those harvests came in, you can't eat off of them. You know, you have to stay diligent, continue to sacrifice. And eventually you know, you'll get to the point where, okay, now things are trickling in. Now I can elevate my lifestyle. And uh, it's still just trying to get to that point. And that's the motivation um, to make sure that, you know, I grew up in poverty. Uh, I don't want to go back. I don't want my kids to ever experience that. I, I don't want any generation that comes after me to have to experience that. So let's put the things in place now, let that generational wealth. Uh, and, and I guess the sense that uh, a, a working professional can have. Um, you know, I'm not going to have trust fund babies, or at least I don't believe so, <laughs> but I can do something to give them an edge, you know, uh, to change where they're starting at. Maybe we can pay for college, you know, maybe we can, uh, so that they don't have student loans. Maybe we can buy the first house for them or something. I, I don't know, but the, the end goal is for them to start off better than where, uh, you know, we started and hopefully they start off where we left off. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? I mean, I would, I, the thing that um i see with myself raising my son is like i i feel as though in so many ways i am just repeating the generation ahead of me in that um because there wasn't i'm not even talking about an intergenerational transfer of wealth in terms of money or assets i'm talking just like even knowledge about how to um earn, save, invest. I didn't learn any of those things growing up. And so therefore, I feel as though I'm just, you know, on a treadmill, so to speak. And look, I I definitely am not the sort of person who would want to turn my kid into an entitled trust fund kid. Like that's, that isn't the goal. But I also had um, a moment in the past year where I was like, okay, I, I, would never want him to be in that position where he didn't feel as though he had to contribute anything or work toward anything and just had things handed to him. On the other hand, I also don't want him to do what I have had to do, which is spend so many years working and acting out of a sense of desperation and not having that um, investing, growing kind of mindset because you're you are so preoccupied with the present and having to get through the present that you don't have the wherewithal to have that sort of long-term outlook and be able to do what you want to with your work life and your time. Um, because that's really what it's all about. It, it's it's having um, a level of comfort financially at which you can live the life you want to live, not in opulence, but be able to do the work that you want to do, not that you need to do, right? And give back to your family and community, excuse me, to your community in a way that helps everyone and makes you feel good, right? And and makes you feel a sense of belonging. And so, like, I, 
the thing I always wonder for you, Terrain, is you, you know, you, you talk about growing up in poverty and you can understand how that would give someone that work ethic to want to extricate oneself from that situation and, and never repeat it. But famously, people who grow up with parents who are good investors or good business people, whatever, they learn those tools of the trade. And that is how even without an intergenerational transfer of wealth, that person, that lineage, that, that line of, of family stays wealthy. For you, though, you've got the work ethic that comes from not wanting to go back. But how was it that you learned the skills you needed to learn to actually understand how money works and make it Ooh. work for you? Because I have to confess, I still at this, my current age, still view money as what you might call if you were a higher social bracket coming up just kind of like petty cash right like it's it's basic transaction it's money in and out not bigger picture how to actually invest and grow that so how did you actually come to learn all of that um, i would have to say it, originally it started with my mother and um you know being in poverty you know she she told me that hey i don't have extra terrain uh, if you want something, you're going to have to go out and make the money to to buy those things. So, you know, late, late 80s, early 90s, Game Boy comes out. I want a Game Boy. Mm -hmm. All my friends have a Game Boy, at least kids that, that I go to school with and, and whatnot. So I got to figure out a way to, to get a Game Boy. And so um, it was always that, you know, money or having money, it was tied to being creative because I'm, I'm mm -hmm. a kid. I can't go get a job. Right. I can't go get a job. I can't go work for somebody, but I can think of things that I can do. I can either sell or services I can provide and I can make money. So one of the first things that I did, you know, beyond cutting grass, shoveling snow or whatever, um, yeah. at like maybe nine or 10 years old, um, I made a candy store out of my house. Um, I would go to the grocery store. I would buy candy bars or buy sodas, popsicles. I would make brownies uh, and I would sell them out of my house. I lived in the projects. And so kids and, and adults would come to knock on our, on our door and I would sell them the stuff that I bought at the grocery store and mark it up. I, I, I make, you know, if I bought, um, you know, a can of soda, this is back when Aldi was actually not Aldi that, of today. This is when Aldi had like 10 cent sodas and things of that nature. Right, uh, right. when, when Aldi was in the hood <laughs> uh, and, and not, and not organic like it is now. <laughs> yeah, organic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, right, right, they're right. still, there's still a part of me today that struggles going to Aldi <laughs> because for me, for me, it was always traumatic. It, it always signified being poor, mm, uh, right, and, and take, right. and taking a, a book of food stamps. Uh, you know, f food stamps are on a on a card now. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Uh, food assistance and and whatnot. No, there there used to be a little booklet of little yeah. fake like look like Monopoly money <laughs> that you would take to the grocery store and pay for your groceries. And so, you know, um, at, at some point in time, I, I got in, in my mind that hey, I'm going to try to make money, and that's what I was doing. I was selling goods that I, I got from you know, I don't know how legal that was now. <laughs> reselling uh, goods that I purchased from the store and just selling it to my neighborhood, uh, you know, kids in my neighborhood and, the, and their parents because they didn't have means to get to the store. I just hop on my bike and go. So it, I think it started there, learning about profit, you know, learning about profit margin. Um, what what nine-year-old kid knows that, okay, if I buy something for a dollar, I need to go sell it for at least a dollar twenty-five or a dollar fifty to be able to make my money back. Like so most kids would be like, oh, I bought it for a dollar. Here, give me a dollar. Right. Uh, but I learned that concept early. Um, I had some mentors um, and some programs that I was I was in where um, they would talk about entrepreneurship. 
in business development. And so when I learned those things, I just gravitated towards them at a very young age. Um, you know, uh, we would have these things called market day competitions where we had to create our own businesses and market it to other summer camps. Um, you know, I still can claim today that in that in that camp in my tenure there, I've never lost a market day. Um, every every year, the group that I was you know in charge of or the the top cadet for, uh, we never lost. Um, and it was it was almost frustrating. Like I, at one point, I had counselors all vying to have me in their group because they just <laughs> I, I just I had it figured out. There was just something you a about star student. <laughs> Yeah, when it came to the the business development and everything, and 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 coming up with ideas and being innovative, um, and so then that transferred into you know eventually going to business school, um, and when I got there, um, I, I had not taken a single business class, um, in college in undergrad. I was I was uh, uh in the science department. I was a biochemistry major. I took a business class my last semester of college. Uh, the professor asked me, "Where have you been?" <laughs> Uh, and, and this is this is legit. She asked me, where have you been? And I was like, uh, I'm in the science department. I was pre-med. And she's like, oh, baby. No. <laughs> uh, and so she said, this is what I'm going to do for you. OK, I want you to apply to our MBA program. I'll make sure that you get in. Um, and I applied and they got me in and I ended up getting my MBA in like 13 months with no uh, you know, prior business classes. Uh, I, I think I took like two or three classes before the actual program started uh, just to meet the prereqs, uh, but got there. And, uh, you know, I feel like I was kind of a standout because here I am today now doing the, even after getting a law degree, I still go back to the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to, to, to a point that you were kind of making Christian um, about that free space. So I ended up getting that free space to be able to be creative and think outside the box and do other things. Once I stopped living paycheck to paycheck. So once the urgency of money kind of stopped for me once I learned how to manage my money better. Managing my money better means I get to manage my time better. And now I have time to go do other things. And that's, I, I, I want to say like in a nutshell, that's kind of how it all tied together. It's not that I was making so much money that I wasn't, li- that I wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. It was that the money that I was making, I learned how to manage it so that I was not living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. That I, you know, I had two months or three months of savings of my salary in a bank account. So if I need to take off for a month to go deal with a project, I can take off that time and I'm not worried about money. Um, and that's I think that's kind of where it all in my adult life. That's where it all kind of came together is handling my personal finances better so that I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. And so I'm not having to commit all of my time to whatever profession or job I was working at that time so that I can go do other things with my time. I don't know about you, Aline, but I feel like I should be taking notes right now. Well, absolutely. <laughs> like, uh, Terrain clearly has a, a more systematic approach to this than I have ever uh, <laughs> developed. But no, it's, it's it is interesting listening to to, to your evolution, uh, if you will, Terrain, and 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 from whence you came. Um, you know, you know, my my background is is quite a bit different. You know, and I and I operate in a space today that that's reflective of that, but. Um, it, it's it like I said, I, I, you know, I don't I don't know the time we have to to delve into to the contrast, but but the reality is is that um, no, I you know I I I didn't come from poverty. Uh, however, the way my mother and father raised my brother and I, we would have thought we were in poverty <laughs> because we it is you know material things um, just were not something that we got a lot of, you know, I mean, we, we had our Christmases and so forth. And, and, and my, my mother and father really didn't have 
a difficult time providing for us at all because you know my father managed managed his money well. Um, my mother worked. Uh, my father was actually a, a senior research chemist for Merck, and he was an entrepreneur, ran his own business from the time he was three years old. Um, but uh, you know, you mentioned Game Boy. If I even asked for a Game Boy, it would have been laughed in the face. So, so no. When the Nintendo came out, we got a Nintendo probably about ten years after it came out. So, so it was <laughs> we would get and we would get our games out of the five dollar cart at Kmart. Uh, that's so that so just just so you understand. <laughs> but so in the hand me downs and all. So so the bottom line. But but again, it wasn't it wasn't for us. It wasn't a point of of pain or sadness or anything. It was just our way of life, right? So so it, I, I'm not going to say, oh, I felt struggle and and this because it, it didn't. It was just you know, this is what we have. This is what what I'm happy with. Yeah. So so what what that change? What what the difference is with me is that, and I think what benefited you was that that motivated you to. to your your experience motivated you to, to need to not have to experience that anymore, right? I was like, I, I found a way to accept less, right, from a material standpoint. So my my life sort of just is like, all right, well, I don't need anything, right? I got my hoodie, you know, I got, you know, <laughs> sneakers that, I, that came from my brother, you know, and I'm proud of them because he wore them. So I, that's why I like these sneakers because they were my brother's sneakers, you know, that, but so, 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 so that's sort of my how how I was a little ideologically different. Uh, so, you know, I, I, again, I watched my father work really, really hard, though, right? So, as you can imagine, being an entrepreneur and having a full time job with Merck was working. <laughs> oh yeah, and 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 that didn't that didn't look good to me, right? That didn't look happy. That didn't look comfortable. So I was like, I don't want to do that. So I, I know, you know, I wanted to be in science like he was. So I, I, I wanted to be an engineer. And around, around the time I was in fourth grade, I said, I want to be a nuclear engineer. That's what I want to be. So what actually motivated me and drove me was a pure fundamental ambition, right, of just wanting to accomplish what I said I was going to accomplish. I didn't see, oh, because I'm going to be an engineer, that's going to be able to, I'm going to be able to acquire more things. That really wasn't what, wasn't what was driving me. What was driving me was the desire to be what I said I was going to be. And to do what I said I was going to do, and then become a father like my father, you know, that was it, you know. So, so it was a little different, you know. You know, in, in living in America, not thinking too much about money, it makes things a little weird sometimes, you know. <laughs> but, but it is what it is, you know. Um, you know, and and that, that, don't get me wrong, I like things, I like material things, you know. I like cars, I like, you know, um, another thing I like is watches, for example. But I, I don't buy a lot of watches because. In my mind, I can't intellectually think. Why am I going to spend ten thousand dollars? I only can. I only have one. I only have two arms, and only one of them I have a watch on. So it's like so. But in in, in cars, like okay, I like old cars, so I'm not going to buy a new car that I you know that costs more. That's not as nice as the one I the old one. Anyway, so so it's like these are the types of different ways of thinking and looking at things. But we we find ourselves moving in the same direction, right? We find ourselves, you know, avoiding. Being struggling, right? Avoiding struggle. Yes. Um, but I think I think that what what brings it together is you have to know where you want to be, right? Yeah. For you, you knew what you wanted to not go back to. You knew what you wanted to accomplish. You knew what you wanted to have and the quality of life you wanted to have. For me, is I knew what I wanted to become. I knew I wanted to be successful at it. I knew I wanted to be proud of myself, et cetera, et cetera. So so you have to have a goal, right? You have to have an a goal that's driven. That 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 feeds your ambition, right? And I think that's where we wind up moving in the right direction. Um, I like your path a little bit better because I think it gives you more focus and more more of a uh, 
systematic approach. Uh, so I, I, I do I do applaud that, and I would I would certainly. Full transparency. You you said that you know you have to have a goal, and and at at its core, my goal is to not go back to where I've been. That's not going to happen. I, I think I've achieved that. <laughs> um, but but the, now I had to evolve even more, and now I'm motivated by potential, because I I have no idea what my full potential is going to be. Um, I don't I don't think any of us of us do. Um, but in not realizing my full potential, then I can just go do things. I can do things that that are I feel are better than what I'm doing right now. And that allows me to reach another level of my potential. And I, and I feel like now I'm just going to keep on going until, OK, I hit my potential. There, I, I can't do anything else or I, my skill level has dropped off, uh, you know, or I've reached I've reached the, the full potential of my skills and knowledge and everything. So this is probably a good stopping point for me or I don't have the bandwidth to do more or, you know, uh, at that point, you know, I'd probably just invest in some other people to do the work for me um, and, and carry, carry the baton. Yeah. Um, find some other like-minded people that have the energy and the time. And, and now I can, I can sit back and I can create. And that's, that's really what I like doing. I like being able to be the visionary, be the creator, um, you know, the daily operations and stuff like that, that's really not my bread and butter. I can do it because, you know, somebody, I have to teach people, I have to show people, um, you know, what, it, how it should be done, uh, what needs to be done. But after that, you know, the operations, I got to push that to somebody else so I can go champion the next thing. Um, and it's, um, I think I was talking to someone uh, that was, you know, interested in, in being a business owner and entrepreneurship. And I had to tell them, I was like, the best thing that I did was invest in other people. Um, find someone who can be you when you can no longer be in that room, sure. when you can no longer touch that business because you're going to get pulled away for something. You got to find copies of yourself and, and they're not going to be, they're not going to be you, but they can learn the way that you kind of analyze things. They can learn your discernment and, and how you manage things. And that's probably the biggest investment and the best investment that you'll make is for like, uh, like-minded individuals to get together and a team uh, so that you can all achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, team, team, that's that's a that's a good point. A good good point to focus on is is teaming with people and, and being partners in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So so people who share your vision and know and, and understand your approach to getting there. And that's, that's that's crucial. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hard to find. oh yeah, they are. Yeah. Even even when you're surrounded by excellent people. Uh, you know, like Christian as well. Like, uh, I, I just, I, I'm in awe of the people that I'm surrounded by and the the knowledge that they have, you know, just the things that they're doing in their lives. And so I, I have to, I have to continue to push myself so I can be an example as well. Um, it's, it's, it is not just about me. It is not just about my family. I've, I've brought up the topic of people, uh, you know, a couple of times, uh, you know, during our conversation today. And that's, that's the one thing that I can't do is put money over the people. Um, I, I have to, you know, take care of the people, the people take care of you. Um, and, you know, you're developing that rapport, that, that, that family sense, that community. And, uh, as long as you, you, you take care of that, well, then everything else typically takes care of itself. No, it, it's really, I'm, I think I've come to the point where it's, it's sort of, um, what you were just talking about terrain about just being in a place where you can start focusing on what is important and what you want to create and whatever, because you're not dedicating all your work time and energy, which is, you know, it's finite, right? You talked about how you, you 
ran at like a, a rate of 16, 18 hours a day, but that was for a 90 day run. You can't live 80 years like that. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that what you what you're saying though, about getting through that point, so you can get to a space where you can create, you can, um, focus on what you want to, because you're not paycheck to paycheck, because you're not actually thinking about it. But here's been my sticking point has been just the past trauma around money and what i think sort of the the strange irony is you can please interrupt me if you think i'm wrong here but it seems like what one has to do as an entrepreneur as a, 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 even just an employee even if you're not trying to do your own thing as as a head of a household as a parent is if you want to get to the place where you don't have to worry and think about money you have to worry and think about money, right? You have to actually look at the bills and the debts and the things that are not fun to look at so that you can push through and get to a place where when you're looking at the balance sheets, you're seeing what you want to see. Exactly. So, and that's, that, that's the thing that people neglect is get your four walls, get your house in order, set a budget for yourself. And a lot of us, you know, we get so far into life and into doing things and enjoying the, our quality of life that we never go back and we, we say, okay, at the beginning, we need to establish a budget. Uh, that's, that's you as an adult, you know, when you're coming out of high school, going into college, set a budget for yourself. When you are graduating from college and going into your first job, set a budget for yourself. When you get married, set a budget for yourself so that you're, you know, taking care of your four walls, your food, your shelter, uh, you know, clothing, uh, transportation, uh, your, and then you're also able to save, okay? Whether that be investing in, in the market, whether it be like a, a Roth IRA, whatever mechanism, it can be a savings account for all I care. Just save uh, a portion of your, of your salary or, or your, your, you know, your, your income so that you can, at one point in time, if you need to, take a break, and see what else is out there. But as long as you're spending everything that you get, you're going to stay concerned about money, but you're not concerned about it the right way. You're not sitting down. And once you, the thing is, now all these years removed, I, I set a budget at one point early on, uh, you know, in, in my marriage. We set a budget. And over the years, made little tweaks as we got, you know, uh, you know, increases in promotions and things of that nature or got other businesses. But that core budget has remained. It has not changed. You know, childcare sneaks in there, student loans sneak in there. All those things are already accounted for. And you set that budget and you leave it alone. And now I don't have to look at it because I know I know that everything on that budget is accounted for. And anything that any income outside of that, then that's 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 savings. That's to go reinvest in other things. Um, but I know that I know that my budget is actually it's it's going it takes care of itself because I gave it the attention that it needed so early on and I and I didn't I didn't deviate from it and so I, yeah it's just that's it, the the kind of the fundamental thing of making sure that you put in that time and energy early on um, because if you don't then you'll get into you'll get into a position where now you don't know where your money's going and you're worried about you know how much you make and it, it, it's it's a cycle. And I had to I had to pull myself out of it uh, really early on because I saw where my financial situation was going. You know, I like nice things, but it's delaying that gratification and making sure that you know the budget stays intact and that there's freedom with the budget. It sounds restrictive because it is, 
But at, once you get it going, there's actually freedom in being able to kind of relax and breathe right. because you know that your expenses are going to be covered. Well, that's the that's the irony, right? And that's what I, you know, it's whatever. I'm I'm glad I had the realization now versus at 70 something. I wish I had it at like 18, but mm -hmm. better late than never. That like there there is that irony that you have to have the restriction in order to have the kind of freedom you want. You have to um have the the concern and looking at it in order to not have to eventually look at it. When you talk about the idea of having the budget in place right there, I'm like, I don't want to think about that, don't want to do that, don't want to... But then it's like, okay, but get into the habit of that, and then years later, it's like, oh, okay, now it's more or less an autopilot. Like, I need to occasionally update, but things are somewhat automated, yeah. and in that respect, you then, yes, you have the restriction of having something laid out and framed and, and structured, on the other hand, the freedom you are afforded then is the freedom from stress and worry. And who doesn't want that? It's difficult yeah. to commit to the budget because you feel like you're missing out on stuff. You do. Right. You, you mean, you see your, your friends, your contemporaries that are traveling, buying nice cars, you know, buying big houses. And you're just like, I want that too. But at, at the end of the day, you have to run your own race. There's yeah. no keeping up with the Joneses or anything like that. Um, run your own race, and at the end of the day, you'll 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 be content with what you do. Um, but you know, the the budget was really really key for me for my relationship for, for my marriage. Um, yeah. and, and now we get to live a little bit differently uh, because we put all those things in place. Yeah, no, I, I, budgeting is, is very important. My approach has been, in a large sense, off the top, you take away savings. That's that you put a any if you're if you're, you're, you're a salaried employee, you right off the very top of is the money you put not going. Then you you know even if you have a looser budget, it, it only applies to everything else. <laughs> you know you don't touch that other money and then it's going away for or whatever or later. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely I, I said I like your approach and it's it's, it's very well organized. You know. It's not my original thought. Either. I mean, um, for for you know what I how I evolved. Um, I started with uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, a financial peace guy. Controversial at times uh, because of you know some of his especially his, recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, when it comes yeah. to finances, the guy is yeah. safe. So I'm, mm. I'm not going to kill the messenger. Take the message. <laughs> right, 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 right. You take the knowledge. You know, it might not be right. the best messenger at this point in time, but the knowledge is sound. And so, you know, if anybody's like, that's I watching. That's what I was saying last uh, last conversation, Christian, not, the, not about the messenger, it's about the message, right? <laughs> okay. uh, so, you know, anybody that's 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 watching, um, if if you need to get your finances in order, you know, that's, that series was impactful. I'm sure you can find other books and things yeah. like you know rich dad poor dad and you know other just books that are out there and and classes that teach financial um soundness especially for a family right. but that was that was the course that i took um you know at one point in time i was actually uh, like a, a proctor or an instructor for it as well uh for the financial peace um university and uh it just it just it um it kind of 
solidified everything that I learned. Now I, I, I'm teaching it. I got to practice it as well. I got to commit to this. If, if I'm going to tell yeah. other people to do it, then I have to be willing to walk that walk. Well, and uh, one one element though, terrain that I, that I should have mentioned before that I wanted to be in on said that is you have to understand that you're going to have to you can't oh, yeah. just do everything you want to do <laughs> and, and, and you know still it's just not going to work that way uh so that i think that's key um in in whatever approach you take understanding that you know you got to sacrifice something something not something some things have to be deferred your gratification is going to have at best you know if at all it may not even be clear when you're going to get to that but the reality is that you cannot just say, screw it, I'm going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the, interesting, the interesting thing, too, though, is that I, I've always observed with you, Terrain, that, like, you, when you say sacrifice, though, you're not living a life of deprivation either, right? You, you sacrifice in that it's like, okay, I'm going to take this vacation, but we're doing it once this year and we're budgeting X amount or we're going to do it at this time and save up for it. So when you say sacrifice, it's not like you're saying, Oh, like you have to not live your life. It's more like having, uh, it's neither excess nor, nor deprivation. It's really the sacrifice comes in finding and maintaining that, that fine balance. Right. Yeah. I think, I think you're exactly right. I think I'm just getting in trouble spending everything that we make mm-hmm. and then we have the, the crutch of credit cards and so now we're spending more than we make. um right i don't use credit cards that was one of the principles that you know dave ramsey kind of uh promotes and so i don't use credit cards anymore um and, and if i if i do well then i pay it off immediately um, there's yeah. no there's no thing about oh let me get points or something like that i'll put my expenses on there you're not going to get rich off points <laughs> uh, you're, you're just not uh, but what you will get rich doing is saving your money and not paying somebody interest, uh, you know, right. every single month. Um, you know, by setting a budget for your food and your travel and your entertainment, those types of things, those those are the things that break us. Those are the things that we tend to overspend on. So once you get, uh, you know, pulling the reins on those things, the rest of it just makes sense. Your mortgage doesn't change every year or, or every right. month. That's a set expense. Um, you know, if you have a car payment. That's a set expense. You know, the better thing is just pay your, just pay off your car. Unless you got an arm a few years back. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there, say, this is also but don't get an arm. That's another, another rule. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Do, do yeah. Use as much mass transit as possible. But also, I mean, there are there are realities too, right? I mean, those are all great principles, but um, there are a lot of us who those aren't there those aren't yet feasible. Those, there are other steps that have to be smaller steps that have to be taken first. There are a lot of people who, well, that's great, but I'm already in credit card debt. Or, oh, that's great, but I can't afford to do a double payment on my car this month. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, there's, there is the, um, the individual, the individual's education, um, on finances and budgeting and planning and investing and all of that that we've been talking about. The other thing, though, that I'm very uh, aware of and sensitive to is that that's sort of one side of the story, but also have to be aware of the fact that um, there are a lot of uh, books and series and a lot of uh, so-called financial educators who are kind of, I would say, cashing in on the fact that 
like yes there's there are things to learn about personal finances but at the end of the day a lot of americans are simply not getting paid what they have deserved what they've earned what they are are, are working for um and a lot of people's incomes are i would say artificially depressed to an extent that they really can't save there there's literally nothing left over after those expenses are paid and these are people and i've I've been there and extremely recently in some instances where it's it's not even oh I overspent on like going out for entertainment it's like no this is like the grocery money we're talking about I mean there's a lot I mean it's what now 50% of the country doesn't have an extra 500 bucks for an emergency I mean this, there's there's also like kind of the there's the personal side uh how do you do how do you handle your money better the money that you do have and you are bringing in but then I also want to be sensitive to the fact that, because I'm sure there's all different kinds of people who will listen in to, to at least part of this conversation, who, where it, just to the fact that there's also the ongoing issue of people just not being paid fairly and not being able to bring in the kind of money that they should be able to, and that frankly they would have been able to, um, doing the same kind of work, the same amount of work in generations past. It's not an individual, I mean, it's a political fix, def definitely. It's not an individual, yeah. Yeah. How do you advise somebody who is actually dealing with that? I mean, you could say, okay, yeah. well then go get another job, or get get you know change occupations, or get a second job. <laughs> and that's and that's you know that that's the the quick like kind of knee jerk response is okay. Well, if you're if you're not making enough money, go make more. <laughs> right. That would be nice if it worked that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but then now because you are being underpaid in in one position. Now you have to go yeah. take a second position to kind of right. make up the difference. And now, you know, you're right. losing out on, on your time and your quality of life and things. And so, quality of life. But, yeah, but but uh, honestly, I see that a lot more often than, than what you might think um, of people working multiple jobs. Um, yeah. and they just are. Um, to anything to to be able to cover their bills and expenses and take care of their families, it's, it's, it's not desirable. Um, yeah. but I, I, like I said, I, I do see it more often than not. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and I guess I'm, I'm kind of that, that same way, you know, I, I have, I have a, a full day job, but here I am you know, breaking off and trying to find other opportunities to make money. Uh, and, and honestly, this all started, you know, the, the first investment that I did, um, I was driving, uh, Uber to help make more money outside of my day job. I was, I was driving, uh, Uber to save up more money to be able to close the deal. Because I didn't have any other time. Like I, I had late nights and early mornings that I could, you know, go out and, and try to make some money. Mm. And that was that was what I that's what I turned to. I turned to Uber and I did that for, you know, a couple of months um, and was able to, you know, save up that money and close the deal. And now, you know, that deal has uh, just it's it's been a blessing, um, you know, the, the return on that investment and that, that little sacrifice, that two months of, you know, a little less sleep. Uh, the the fruits from that have just been been truly amazing and yeah it's, it's I guess that's been kind of a running thing with me is I, I can grind <laughs> for enough time to to get that seed planted uh, and then you know be able to take my hands off of it and, and let somebody else uh, you know take over the take over the reins and, and 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 hold that vision and keep it intact so well I think that you know you talk about the the different things you've learned different authors you've read different things but I think if I were to to narrow it down to one thing that you, Terrain, uniquely you add to that mix that's not just pulled from a book is 
I've seen you have an ability to know when to really punch the gas and when to take your foot off. Because there are plenty of people who maybe don't take that risk of like, okay, I'm just going to get in my car and do Uber and white knuckle it until I can get that next deal. Um, but then, on the other hand, there's also folks who, you know, they're always grinding and just burn themselves out or destroy relationships or destroy their own marriage. And you seem to have a, a, a kind of um, an intuition, knowing how you can, you know, go full throttle for these next 90 days, but know that, okay, come this date, it's time to, you know, ease up and reassess. Let's all agree that we're going to do this. That this, this part that we're about to choose, we're all going to sign on to it, and we're going to work to get through it as fast as possible. And once you get to that agreement, you know, there's going to be complaints, you know, and there, there's going to be struggles, but um, as long as you keep the vision and you keep communicating throughout that difficulty um and you can see the end of it getting closer and getting closer then you know eventually uh it just it, it just works out and i've been truly fortunate and blessed to you know have this part of my wife and, and all these things that i do uh, she's just she's been amazing I, I think she she has you know bought into the vision and the potential of us not just me but of us and right. um you know, it's it's just it's been refreshing. Uh, it's been empowering as well um, that, you know, she trusts me to go out and find a deal, you know, to, to dream big. And all right, go out and execute. You, you thought of it. Now go out and execute. Let me see what you did. And I and probably my, my biggest fear and in and, 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 and life and always been has been the, the fear of failure, the fear, fear of failure and disappointing those that count on me. So when I when I decide to do something, then failure is not an option. It's just not. I, I got I got to run into task. I got to see just how far I can go and be successful because people have they're counting on me. They're watching me. So let's get it done. Man, and you do get it done. I'll say that much. You always seem to <laughs> to pull it off because I I've thought about another thing too, which is just that when something I don't like to call people failure, but people people a failure. Excuse me. Um, but when something a project a business whatever is a failure, really it isn't that it was destined to be it's the fact that the person behind it, the people behind it decided well we're going to stop trying like i'm sure even you would say like okay maybe you say failure isn't an option but you've hit things roadblocks that would otherwise have been failures the reason why they did not turn out to be in the end though is because you pushed past that dark moment and kept going to a point where it's like, okay, you turned the failure into maybe you had to pivot, maybe some things had to change, but you turned what would have been a failure into an ultimate success by virtue of not giving up, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. The whole state of Virginia, you know, shut down and said, no, you can't have any gatherings of more than 10 people. Well, that's, that was 95% of my business. Um, yeah. And we went dark uh, and, and lost, you know, a lot of revenue. Uh, barely enough to keep the lights on, um, and you know, being able to get through COVID and the pandemic and come out on the other side, where a lot of our, our competitors didn't. You know, those, those people are still trying to dig themselves out. Where you know, now our company is back up and running, and, and we're exceeding numbers that we did even before the pandemic. Now, um, and it's 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 just been a blessing. You know, and and we could have just thrown up our hands and closed our doors and, and walked away. Um, but you said we said no. This this is not going to to ruin us. This is not going to be the end. And from and then from 
um, from experiencing COVID and seeing that drop, then it gave me the motivation to be like, okay, now we got to diversify. We made it through this thing. We can't let this happen again. We got we got to figure out, you know, diversify, spread spread our investments so that we're not completely impacted by one thing. Uh, that's the whole that thought of. Would you like to have 100% of one business or 1% of 100 businesses? <laughs> um, you got you to diversify. You just putting all your eggs in one basket and dropping that basket, it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One one other thought that I wanted to, uh, I guess, introduce or or just put out there. Um, cause you, you're, you're saying, okay, well, the string, you know, how do you do it all? Um, yeah. and the, the reality of it is I'm juggling, I'm juggling a lot of different balls and I have to be calculated about what balls I let drop and hit the ground. That, that's, that's really what it is. There, you have so many balls that you're juggling. You have to be intent and calculated about which ones you let drop. And it doesn't mean you're going to drop it and not pick it back up, but okay right now i can't juggle that ball as well so i'm going to sit it down and i'm going to i'm going with the ones that really matter um you can't you can't drop family you can't drop your health um and and you really can't drop you know your your finances um you're going to keep on juggling those three balls um but you know other things you know sometimes friends have to go to the back burner uh extended family has to go to the back burner um you know activities you know entertainment those things those are balls that you can drop um, and yeah. then pick back up later. Um, but those three, the family, uh, you know, your your health and, and your finances, you got to keep on juggling those because that's what makes you, uh, you know, that keeps you intact so that you can go do other things. And people are going to, your people are going to lob a ball your way. And while you're juggling those three, you're going to have to catch that ball and now you got four or five. And you just have to get into the habit of, of being able to do that and do it effectively um, and efficiently and knowing, again, what balls you can drop. Well said. Yeah, was, <laughs> I think that's a, an important reminder that we all are juggling a lot, and sometimes you can't handle it all at once. You have to let some things just kind of, if not drop, be set to the side, at least temporarily, to make sure that you can maintain your own sanity and your own family. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's... uh. <laughs> I'd like I'd like an occasional break from juggling, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Point, point, point taken. <laughs> point, point well taken. I mean, I, I know how to juggle. Like, that's the, that's the crazy thing. I know how to juggle. And I was just like, wow. Like, yeah, fight like literal, fight. like tennis balls in the air juggling. Yeah. 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 I, I taught myself how to, but, but that, that analogy, it, it, please, it stuck with Please me don't do that at this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> Flash yeah. to commercial break. And... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it stuck with me because I'm like, hold up, I know how to juggle, and having three balls, like if somebody threw me another one, it just messed me up. And if I could go see, down the- no, Aleem, that's that's his secret. That's how he that's how he manhandles all this stuff in life. The relationships, the finances. He's got three balls. Like- he's got that extra <laughs> that extra fortitude. You know, he's just he's- oh, here we go. Well, Christian, maybe a little bit too far. <laughs> Oh, it was right there. It was it was right yes, there. You yes, know? Yes, I just yes. I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys. Uh, I, I just you know I, again I, I just try to you know maintain the things that are going on, um, continue to dream build and have the vision, and um, it somehow it's it's continued to work out. I'm just I've been that blessed. I'm not going to say that I'm unique. 
I'm not going to say that I have higher skills or, or anything than anybody else. Um, you know, and if if the, that person doesn't feel like they can do it, well, then that's that's that, that's when I reach out. That's when I'm like, OK, well, I'm a resource. Like, let's see. Let's let's dream and build together to see where you can get. And uh, that's that's kind of where I want to go to now is, you know, yeah. empowering others, not not consulting or anything like that. But, OK, let's let's talk about your goals and your dreams and, and like mentoring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mentoring. And yeah. let's see how you can get there. And I need to expand my my my, um, you know, circle to be able to be mentored more um, because I just I, I, I haven't branched out enough, you know, to find like minded men uh, who are doing more than me. Um, and 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 you know either it be in their relationships or whether it be in their business, be, whether it be in their professional career, um, just finding people that can pull into. Um, and, and I think that's something that you know as men we we kind of disservice ourselves. You know we have our day ones that let's call them that. We have our day ones are guys that we knew them from when we were kids, or you met them uh, in, a, in a stage of life and you connected. And yeah. outside of those guys, you know we really don't expand expand our circle very much. And I mean, we all love our bros, but if if your if your bros aren't doing what they need to do, <laughs> then why are they why are they the only ones that you're engaging with? Right. You know, you you can't pour into an empty cup, and if that and if that empty cup can't pour into you, I'm not saying cut them off, but we got to expand our circle, yeah. uh, especially to see to get to the next level, and, and who knows what the next level looks like, uh, but but you should be putting forth effort to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that that um, saying about, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? You have to expand and and connect with people who are going to help, you know, push you to to grow yourself and push beyond what you thought your limits once were. I mean, that's definitely it. Well, maybe on that note, I should stop hanging out with you guys so much now. <laughs> you're always welcome no, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, same. I mean, I'll, anytime you want to come over here, it's it's a little bit quieter on this side of the river. You know, a little less traffic, not not so much less, but <laughs> there's more more green space for the kids. That that is that is one thing I'll say is that uh, where I live, I can at least um, do one thing in the 21st century. It's very old school, and it's really. It's not the whole area, it's just this neighborhood because of the way it's set up and the lack of traffic and the parents all know each other. But I've said it before and I'll say it again, I can just send my kid out the front door and be like, okay, come back when the lights are on. Here's a walkie-talkie. Stay in touch. <laughs> Go outside and play. Be outside. Be a kid. Because soon enough, you'll have to do things like juggle work and finances and family life. And I don't want you to worry about that just yet when you're eight. Go <laughs> live. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, guys, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you both. Really appreciate it. No, thank you for the invite. I've enjoyed myself. Elaine, it was great talking to you. Yeah, actually, next time, uh, next time you guys get together, it should be at my place with food, like actual barbecue, not not just on screen, <laughs> not just <laughs> not just podcasting, but actually get together and grill. And and next time I do a cookout uh, terrain, no more no more baby making, just <laughs> during barbecue time. You know what I mean? Just come on over. Don't <laughs> being had. Yeah. Being had. Okay. Yes. 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 Maybe that's delivery. 
That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> That's what I meant. My apologies. Bad choice of words. <laughs> well, once again, Christian, I truly appreciate you know the invite and being able to just have a great conversation. Yeah, no, we'll definitely do it again. We'll be doing this, you know, every week. So you know, anytime you're always invited. Absolutely, thank you. Good hearing, uh, good hearing from you, uh, Terrain. It's good meeting you, you know, virtually. Yes, first time. Likewise, I'm sure we're going to get over to Christian's house and and grill. Absolutely, let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. All right, thank you.